is the one who leaned upon the breast of our Lord Jesus. He knows what is love. Especially in First John, uh, the book of First John, we see he said that God is love. And when we read that book, we can taste the love of God. And we know for Peter, he's apostle of hope. Uh, sorry, the uh, Peter. Because he denied the Lord three times. And yet the Lord asked him, Do you love me three times? And toward the end, our Lord said, Do you love me uh, more than this? And feed the sheep. And even though Peter fell so many times, but the Lord restored him as many times as he failed. So Peter knows what is the restoration. Because he was recovered by the Lord Himself. But no matter who the apostles are, we know there's only one teaching. That is the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Why do I mention this? Because unfortunately, today, if you look around, uh, some Christians, they follow a certain person. They follow a certain teaching. They go to a certain meet, a meeting place because of a pastor or a minister. But dear brothers and sisters, we are here. Our focus is our Lord Jesus Christ. The teaching that we preach is Christ Himself who crucified. So now we have the teaching of apostles. We know that is the teaching of our Lord Jesus Himself. We know the word, our Lord Jesus. He is the light, He is the truth, He is the life, and He is the way. And yet the word himself give us the the word himself needs to somehow balance with actions. The light needs to have an outlet to manifest itself. And how is what is that outlet? The outlet is through the fellowship. And here in verse 42 we see not only you have the, the teaching of the apostles, but also you have the fellowship of, of apostles. Interesting enough, the fellowship, the term is also a singular term. We know that there's many apostles, but there's only one fellowship. They don't have their own fellowship. We are in one fellowship together. So what is the apostles' fellowship? So let's turn our Bible to First John chapter 1. 
Let's read from verse 3 and 4. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly all fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So what is what the apostles have seen with their eyes and have touched with their hands and have heard with their ears? That is in verse 2, the eternal life, the life manifested. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, what is the apostles' fellowship? And in verse 3, here it spells out very clearly that the apostles' fellowship is none other but fellowship with the Father, the God, the Father, and the Son, Jesus Christ. And also the fellowship with apostles. Put another way, the fellowship with one another. Dear brothers and sisters, let's think about the word fellowship. What is fellowship? I think we have heard many times, we can even memorize it. Fellowship is none other but sharing something in common. Or we can use the word participation or communion or partnership. So is this fellowship an exclusive term for Christians? No, we don't we know that it is not. People in this world can also have fellowship. The fellowship based upon their interests, based upon that can also based upon their hobbies. They gather together to talk about something they have in common. And in we know in colleges they have fraternities, they have sororities. And in the societies, uh, you have different social clubs. We are in New York, so I'm sure there are many people are fans of Yankees or Mets. People to get together to talk about the baseball. They are talking about their the the most liked athletes. And uh, in academic areas you have uh, you have academic societies. Oh, and engineers get together, they talk about how they construct something. And the chemists get together to talk about how to make the reaction happen. So 
What is special about the fellowship of Christians? 那基督徒的交通有什么特别的呢? We may have something. We may have the same habits. Or we may have the same hobbies. 我们或许有相同的喜好, we may have the same interests. 我们或许有相同, 就是我们的兴趣是类同的, we may have the same background. We may share the same culture and languages. 或许我们的文化或是语言是相同的, but dear brothers and sisters, we know that is not a reason why we gather together to have a fellowship. Our fellowship is based upon one thing, and that one thing is that we have the same life. And that life is the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. All the fellowship on this earth is earthly. And yet the fellowship among Christians are heavenly. They are eternal. Dear brothers and sisters, think about before we are saved. We may be part of the fellowship of clubs or whatever societies that of this world. But in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 1, the scripture told us that we have been uh, 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 delivered from the power of darkness. And conveyed into the kingdom of his son, of his love. In the past, before we were saved, we have fellowship of this world. Our fellowship has no eternal value. Our fellowship is with the sins and death. Yet today, when we are saved, our fellowship is with the apostles and with the God the Father and the God the Son, Jesus Christ. And our fellowship is with one another. So, dear brothers and sisters, we see where the fellowship is from. Do we know that in a very original, there's a an uh, exclusive fellowship just between two beings? That is the fellowship between the God the Father and the God the Son. In the same spirit. They share everything. Because they are one. So that their fellowship is also one. And they share in love. And there's no shadow in that fellowship. And somehow one day as if they have an agreement. They say they have an agreement. They say I want to enlarge our fellowship. 
Between two of us. We want to invite the created being, man, into our fellowship. That is when Jesus was Jesus was sent by the Father to this earth. And on the earth he was preaching the kingdom of God. And he brought the fellowship onto this earth. So dear brothers, and sisters, I want to make sure that we understand it is a privilege that we can be part of that fellowship. As this original fellowship is so exclusive. And yet today, because of the love of God, He sent His only begotten Son to this world. And it is also a deal to share His Son with men. And it is also the delight of the Son to share His Father with men. So, brother and sister, let's not take light of this fellowship that we have today. It is a privilege that we can share something together with our fellow Christians. Because we have that same life. The life of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can have the fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. Now I want to I want to touch very briefly in terms of why we have the fellowship. First of all, we know fellowship isn't grace. Isn't? Is is a grace. Because to us it's a free. We did not do anything. We enter into that fellowship because we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And yet, why do we have that fellowship? I think the answer should be very apparent. It is because we are in the body. We are one together. We are in the body of Christ. In Romans chapter uh, chapter six, it tell the scripture tells us that we are even though we are many, but we are one body in Christ. And individually we are members of one another. Do you know that we are members, we are in the body of Christ connected together? We are joined together because each of us is a member of the body of Christ. I'll use a very simple example to illustrate this point. Today, for a uh, earthly family. Uh, if you are parents having children, what is your biggest wish toward your children? I think especially parents who are Chinese 
most of the parents' expectation, biggest wish, is that one day their children may become either doctor or lawyer. However, let's let me put in very generically. Most parents they simply want their children to grow uh, in the most healthy uh, manner, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. They want their children to grow to a mature man. The most balanced fashion. Today, when we fellowship in the body of Christ, what is the purpose? I think the answer becomes very uh, uh, clear. As in Ephesians chapter 4, it tells that on one point we'll come to the unity of faith. Of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, or some translation translated to a full grown man. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So, dear brothers and sisters, we, I hope that we have a glimpse in terms of why we fellowship. On one hand, fellowship is a grace, it is a privilege. For the children of God in the family, in the household of God, we can fellowship with one another, maybe for our benefit, but most importantly, it's for the benefit of the body. As the body grow to a full statue of the uh, of the fullness in enter into the fullness of Christ. The life can be manifested itself. That ultimately bring glory to the head. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to touch upon the third point. And I Lord willing will touch will spend a little bit more time on how we fellowship and what hinders our fellowship. Let's Consider this verse, verse 42, once again. And it says that, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. In breaking of bread and in prayers. Our brother, Christian has been uh, several messages uh, sharing with us the breaking of bread. We have to come to the realization that breaking of bread and prayers are two most important ways to 
reflect the reality of our fellowship. And in fact, these are the two areas most people neglected. Most Christian believers, they go to their local assemblies to hear the word. And yet, here we see that in the early churches, they get together in breaking of bread and in prayers. They committed themselves, they devoted themselves to these two, two areas. It is paramount that we know that it has such a significant influence in our Christian living. In First Corinthians chapter 12, our brother shared with us that we are reminded what does it mean of the, fe- uh, the Lord's Feast. On the night of the Lord's betrayal, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and said that, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after the supper, our Lord took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we see that the key word in the first Corinthians chapter twelve is the remembrance. When we come, we remember what the Lord has done on the cross. He died for our sins. When we see the bread and cup separate, we see the token of love. And we are here to remember what the great salvation that we have received from Him. And yet, the previous chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it's the same table, and yet here we see that the scripture tells us the cup of blessing that we bless is not the communion with the body of uh, with the blood of Christ. The bread that we break is that the communion of the body of Christ. So the emphasis here is the communion or fellowship. So on one hand, we see the remembrance. On the other, we see uh, the communion fellowship. So dear brothers and sisters, as we gather together before this Lord's table, not only we uh, are here to remember 
what he has sacrificed for us. He become he became the Lamb of God. So that we can eat of him. And we can drink of him. And yet on the other hand, when we partake the same bread, we see that even though we are many, and yet we are one bread and one body, because we partake of that one bread. As the bread was broken, each one of us take that small piece. We eat it. As we are one together in that one bread. When God the Father look upon it, you see, even though there are many members, and yet there's a one. Because it is one bread and one body. And when Christians gather together, this is our testimony that we are one together in the body of Christ. Not only that we are one among the fellow saints sitting in this room in Laburnum, but we are testifying that we are one with the saints in all the Christian assemblies in Flushing. We partake the same bread and same cup. Not only the saints in Flushing, but also all the saints in the whole world. That we are one because we partake of that one bread and one cup. Not only the the first uh the twenty first century, but throughout the centuries that for those who partake of this same bread and same cup, we testify that we are one. So brother and sister, let's see that what the significance of this breaking of bread is. And through the worshiping and through the remembrance and through the communion of the breaking of bread. Our fellowship not only goes vertical, but also goes horizontal. This is what our brother have shared with us before. But let's not forget those early saints also devoted themselves in prayers. And the, the prayers here is beyond the personal prayers. It's beyond uh, our personal prayers in secret. Yes, we have our personal prayers. We may ask for ask the Lord for something. But the prayers here is the corporate prayer. The prayers here is the prayer that when the the saints gather together, they wait upon the Lord before the Lord, they seek the will of the Lord together. 
so the will of God may be fulfilled. And dear brothers and sisters, how can we fellowship with one another through prayers? Do we know what Amen means? In Second Corinthians chapter 1, it says, All the promise of God in Him are yes. And all the promise of God in Jesus Christ is yes, are yes, and amen. Amen in Hebrew simply means that we express our agreement. It is simply a declaration of affirmation. When we get together, we pray together. Even though you may have you may not have the opportunity to utter your prayers. But when you hear other brothers and sisters pray, you echo that prayer. You agree with that prayers. You amen that prayer. And we have the fellowship in prayers. I'm not asking brother and sister to mechanically to say amen to every prayer. We don't want to see that become something mechanical. And yet, when we say Amen, we have that fellowship in the Spirit. Praise the Lord, we know the church began with a corporate prayer. It is the church is supposed to be the prayers of all nations. You may have, like I said, you may have your individual prayers. But have you ever participated in the corporate prayers? If not, I encourage you to come uh, to be part of the corporate prayers. Over there, the prayer touched the throne. Over there, the Lord, the will of the God may be fulfilled. Let's remember how the believers get together in that very week um, after our Lord's ascension. They follow the commandments of our Lord Jesus that they should go to Jerusalem. And twelve and the apostles along with a few women and uh, our, uh, our Lord's brothers, they enter to the upper room. For as long as ten days before the day of Pentecost, they commit themselves to the apostles' fellowship and Breaking the bread and prayers. So brothers and sisters, let's not overlook the significance of prayers. 
Now we said how about where else we can have the fellowship? Besides the breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's be reminded when we are saved, God has put us in Christ Jesus. Each one of us become the members of one another. And um, we can enter into that in intimate fellowship with one another through prayers, like I mentioned earlier. You may have come to a point of crossroad in your life. You don't know what to do. And I remember our brother Washman once said that to him the fellowship simply is the recognition of uh, your inadequacy. You, you need one another. And when you come to a difficult situation, would you seek uh, brothers and sisters to pray together with you? To tell the Lord, Lord, I don't know what, how to go on. I need to have some fellowship. And the Lord will grant a brother and sister to pray together with you. Father, sister, this is how we enter into the fellowship all in the body life. And how about other areas? You may have somehow the Lord may touch your heart that you have a burden in the gospel. And yet you recognize that you are inadequate, you are not sufficient. You ask the Lord and ask for the fellowship. And you join the uh, the group of brothers and sisters who have the same ver uh, same burden. You pray together, you seek the will of God. You, you go to the street for outreach and you pray fervently for the will of God may be done in the gospel meeting and here you go here is the fellowship and you may enter into other services whether it's uh, 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 working in the kitchen, whether it's ushering, whether it's doing the cleaning, we can have a fellowship with our fellow saints in many areas. Dear brothers and sisters, let's not overlook this fellowship. And we can even have a fellowship in a Bible study. Open times we think that we attend to a Bible study. We sit there to listen. And toward the, to a point we become very passive. We do not alter the word. Simply because we thought that we are inadequate. There's nothing to go. 
there's nothing that we can offer. But dear brothers and sisters, when we talk about fellowship, I thought about an example. Do you know in um, Israel there are two big lakes? One is the Sea of Galilee. One is Dead Sea. You know the difference between these two lakes. They both draw tourists uh, uh, every year. And they both have the rivers and streams with water flowing through. Both lakes were connected by the Jordan River. And the North Jordan River, uh, uh, the north part is the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. Where the Northern Jordan River flows from uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the mountains, uh, for example, like Mountain Hermon. And yet, there's a major difference between these two lakes. One is full of life. One is completely dead. They both are below sea level. The Sea of Galilee is about uh, below sea level, uh, 210, uh, 210 mm. Okay. The rest... The, the Dead Sea is below about 420 milliliters. Uh, and yet, one is full of life. We see the trees all around. We see the boats of fishermen. They cast nets to catch fish. And yet, another lake, much bigger lake, that is a dead sea. It contains no life at all. Because it contains about eight times more salt in that lake than this, the ocean contains. What's the difference? The difference is that they both have the inlet of water from either streams or rivers. And yet, the, the Sea of Galilee have an outlet, but the Dead Sea doesn't have an outlet. The only outlet of the Dead Sea is through water evaporation. When the water evaporates, it, it, Leaves all the minerals are in a in a in a lake. And consequently, the salt level becomes even higher. We call that a dead sea, but in the ancient time, they called it killer sea. There's no living creature in that sea. What does that tell us? Dear brother and sister, today we all have that same life. The life of Christ. But are we just a simple vessel to receive only? Or we can be the vessel not only receive but to give. 
但是我们这个器皿我们不仅是能够领受并且分享我们所领受的那么同享这个生命的时候我们不仅是自己成长我们能够在主里面能够成长 Involves and conscious involvement. No one should be passive. 那没有人, 呃, 当, because fellowship is an action. You need to participate. 你需要参, now, let's see um, on the, uh, the last point of what hinders. Uh, our fellowship. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ is sung cleanses us from Here we see that if we are in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship. But when do we not when we don't have the fellowship? That is the time when we are in darkness. We remember in the past few times our brother Dana shared with us the uh, various feasts uh, of children of Israel. The reason we share upon the different feasts because as the children of God get together, got together, they eat at the feast while having the fellowship. So through this feast, they also demonstrate what the uh, fellowship is about. We look at the first feast is the feast of uh, a Passover. And we were told in the scripture that Christ is our Passover. Because he is the pastoral lamb. What does that mean? That we enter into the fellowship because of the sacrifice our Lord Jesus has made, being the lamb of God. That marked the beginning of our fellowship with God and 
God the Father, the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we also touch upon the feast of new fruits. And what is that about? It means Christ is the first fruits. And he not only died, but he resurrected from the dead. He is the first man died and rose again and lived forever. In other words, our fellowship is based upon not only that life, but it's a life of resurrecting life. It's a life triumph over death and sins. But also, our brother shared one of the feasts called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this Feast of Unleavened Bread just happened a day after the Feast of Passover. The Feast of Passover lasts one day. The Feast of Unleavened Bread lasts seven days. And in our Lord Jesus once told the Pharisees, uh, once told his disciples, be aware of the leaven of Pharisees. That is their hypocrisy. And in First Corinthians chapter five, it tells us that we need to purge the the leaven because the uh, the le- uh, we need to purge the leaven so that we might be a new uh, new uh, a new loaf. Because just a little leaven leaven the whole loaf. So what does leaven mean? Leaven simply means fermented dough. And when you put that fermented dough into a new dough, the lump just fermented. Just a little bit is enough. And we know this leaven refers nothing but the the malice, weakness, something of evil. And it also refers to our sins. It could refer to our sins and transgressions. When we fall into sins and transgressions, this hinders our fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are in the darkness, there's no fellowship between ourselves and the Father and the Son. And we cannot have that fellowship with one another. So what is the solution, dear brothers and sisters? Praise the Lord, if you read down in first uh first John, uh there it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and um um he will forgive our sins. And 
us and cleanse our all our transgressions. Remember the man who is after God's own heart, David. He is a man after God's own heart and yet he committed sin. And he came to the Lord as for forgiveness. In Psalm 51, it says, Blood of my transgressions. Show your mercies. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is what David did. Today, if we don't have that fellowship, if we somehow fall into sins and transgressions, let's come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. So that our fellowship might be opened up again. The other point I want to share with you, which also hinders our fellowship. Let me put it very generally, is our old flesh, the old man. Let's read one verse in John chapter 12, verse 24. John 12:24. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And it is very obvious, this grain of wheat was referred to our Lord Jesus himself. He is that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. So today, much grain or much fruit were born. What does this tell us? It also tells us that the work of cross. Do you remember in Philippians chapter 2? The apostle asked us to have the same mind as the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the mind of Christ? We know our Lord Jesus, He is in the form of God. Because He is God. And yet he emptied himself. He took the form of bond servant. He became the likeness of man. And he um, uh, emptied himself. He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death. Even the death on the cross. So if I may summarize this passage. 
What is the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is obedience. The mind of Christ is humility. The mind of Christ is love and compassion. Dear brothers and sisters, today as we assemble together, as we fellowship with one another, we need to have the mind of Christ. You remember in that upper room where 120 people get together. If you read the, 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 the verse before that, there was 3,000 people added to them on that very day. So originally, there was a hundred people, they followed the Lord for some time. They may be considered the elite of believers. And yet, on that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Now you see very clearly, in that congregation, that even though they are one, and yet, their some are more matured. Some may be fathers, some may be young men, and some are simply babes in Christ. And yet they, they work together, they commit themselves into the apostles' fellowship. This is very true today in any congregation. In the church assembly, some have been in the Lord for some time. Some may be simply uh, just saved a few days ago. We have different experiences spiritually. We may even have different understanding of the scripture. But it's because of this we think that we are better. Do we think that we are wiser? Do we think that we are more mature? Do we think that we are more noble? If we do think this way, then that hinders our fellowship with one another. The Lord says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus said that if anyone who wants to come up, come with me, you need to bear your cross daily and follow me. You need to deny yourself, bear your cross daily and follow me. Is that true, brothers and sisters, as we've as we walk in this way, do we ask the Lord that may He increase and we decrease? How can we decrease? There's an old self within us. There's an old man in us 
Needs to be dealt by the cross. Dear brothers and sisters, if we do not come to this point, we cannot have a fellowship because we either consider ourselves highly uh, than we ought to. And that is not the basis for us to have the, uh, the fellowship. You remember in Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 2, Apostle Paul told us that I have been crucified with Christ, and it is not I who live, but Christ in, uh, in me. This is his experience. Yes, when we are baptized, when we were baptized, we were baptized into his death. We buried with him. And we are united in the likeness of death, so that we might be united in the likeness of his resurrection. But dear brothers and sisters, let this not just be an understanding or knowledge. If you have an issue of entering into that fellowship the Lord intended us to enter in, we need to come before the Lord and we said, what's wrong? Is it because the sins and transgressions that I committed whether big or small, whether known or in secret. Or whether the old self is just simply too big. That needs to be dealt with by the cross. So I will end it up and here. And Let's be before the Lord. If we do fall short of His glory, let's ask for forgiveness. We thank the Lord, He is faithful and just. He will forgive all our sins and cleanse all our transgressions. And it is His desire that He call us into the fellowship of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only we know in our head, but we can enter into that reality. So may uh, we uh, just have a simple uh, prayers, uh, just a few prayers uh, as led by the Holy Spirit.
Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, we ask that you cleanse us, forgive us, Lord, and also not only with you, but also with each other. Lord, we just trust that this word can always be in our hearts. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will always examine. Lord, each time we gather together, each time we are with brothers and sisters, Lord, that we may know how, Lord, there is anything, Lord, that's affecting Lord, our fellowship with you and with one another. Dear Lord, just pray, Lord, this will be real. Lord, speak to us. We pray this in Christ's name. And to uh, make Christ manifest in our life, Lord. We come to you and confess our iniquity, confess our fear of his holding um, uh, to pursue you with our whole heart, Lord. We come to you and confess our sins. We pray, Lord, your life, your truth will be manifested. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you in your precious name. We pray. 